Hi there. A quick solo episode that nobody really asked for. (laughs) I mean, nobody really even asked for this podcast except actually a couple of my friends did because I think they were just getting a bit over the voice messages. And I do know at least one of them still listens. So (laughs) here we are. Um, Similarly, like my previous solo episode, I haven't planned any of this because time is of the essence. Uh, Marcus is with a babysitter and I I felt like a pull. I felt a pull to kind of do this episode and, yeah, I'm, I'm following my curiosities. This is a version of pleasure for me that I, that I lean into um, with my solo time. So, I'm here and he turned one. We have survived a whole year around the sun with him. I, you know, I, you obviously, um, not obviously, but there's a lot of unsolicited advice that you get for, from people when you have a young baby. And I think back and I, And it's a lot of unsolicited advice about the kind of early days, the very kind of early, the early bit, I feel. Um, And nobody really tells you about what happens after. (laughs) I don't know, whatever that first bit is. And I feel like now my unsolicited advice that I'm going to give out to people is, you know, you may feel this really strong compulsion to make your child's first birthday cake just really sit with that and talk about your plan out loud. Maybe, you know, this isn't the day for something new um, because there'll just be a lot of kind of emotions. There's a level of practicality. The the child still needs to be looked after. Um, It feels like a cake you've, you've never really made before. You may have made cakes before, but this will feel like an important cake Um, because, yeah, that happened to me. I bake, like, you know, I can bake, nothing extraordinary, but like enough to, you know, whatever, muffins and stuff. It's not out of my wheelhouse. Um, But, yeah, I was like, okay, a happy medium. I obviously feel like I want to be creative (laughs) and make a cake of some sort, but I don't really want all of the effort. So I've seen these Woolworth hacks cakes on the internet. I'm going to do a version of that. I've seen the bluey one, but I'm going to actually just take two Woolworths mud cakes and make them into a sun. So we have one that is the round bit of the sun and I'm going to cut up the other one into triangles to be the sun rays and I'm going to cover it in yellow icing and like how hard can that be? Yeah, so obviously I cried and it failed um, and it was a waste of my freaking time. Um. James said I handled it very well, that if he had done that, he would be much more disappointed than me. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed. Um, Yeah. And I ended up baking late on Saturday night when I just, that's just not what I wanted to be doing. And I maybe just should have done it in the first place. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm okay with failure. I'm happy to fail. And, you know, I'm, I know that's a part of life and <laughs> part of everything and artistry and motherhood and 
all of the things. But yeah, really sit with that feeling of, do you want to make your child's first birthday cake is, you know, and I'm not saying don't, I mean, I ended up doing it, but yeah, that was a reflection I never thought I'd have. Um, yeah, Marcus is one. He has no idea that his birthday was special. Um, to, you know, on the, actually the day that he was born in the morning, James and I walked to a cafe around the corner, got banana bread, hot chocolates, coffees, and did that. And I mean, I I don't, I haven't really talked about labor or birth or pregnancy much. It, it just kind of comes up. I mean, there are other podcasts for that. This isn't that podcast, but, um, you know, we went out for breakfast and long story short, it was a very quick labor. Um, James's lunch was left left not touched on our kitchen bench, basically. By lunchtime, Marcus was here. Um, yeah, so going from cafe to not eating lunch, it, you know, it was kind of that level of time. Um, so on his birthday, we thought, you know, let's go back to the cafe, the same cafe, and have breakfast. That'll be really nice. We saved a couple of pieces of cake Um to eat on his birthday, you know, had breakfast, did reflections about takeaways for the year, what we want to do going forward, all very lovely. Um, so we acknowledged his birthday, but a few weeks ago, a friend of mine opened a show that she had done all the orchestration, the musical direction, like massive, right? So big. But the week that it opened, we got covid so I couldn't go. I haven't been able to go. And when I looked at the calendar for the week and knowing that um, James's work gets more busy toward the end of the week, I was like, okay, I'll book to see it on Tuesday. I'll go Tuesday night. And I booked tickets to the show and I said to James, on Tuesday night I'm going to see a show. And he was like, on Marcus's birthday, you're going to see a show. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're having breakfast and that's how we're, we're doing his birthday. We also had cake with the family on the weekend. He was like, you can't see a show on Marcus's birthday. Like, don't you want to have dinner? And I was like, but we have dinner together every night. <laughs> like, what, am I just going to cook dinner again? He was like, no, but you should, don't you want to be with Marcus on his birthday night? And I was like, yeah, okay. And so I had to call the theatre and be like, oh, I have to change my tickets, please, to the next night because um, it's my son's first birthday and I thought that would be a good sh night to come see the show. Um, and I don't know, my, my partner <laughs> thinks differently. <laughs> but I don't know, but I went and it was great. And we also had dinner on his birthday. Marcus ate pasta. Like it was all very regular. But, yes, yeah, somehow we've made it to a year. Somehow we've absolutely made it to a year. In the past month, I have been trying to do some work. There was a trip um, interstate, which involved my mum coming over, um, staying with us and then travelling with Marcus and I interstate and resulted in all of us getting covid me first, then Marcus, then my mum, and then James ended up getting it, of course, because our small, tiny person 
doesn't know, right? He wants to see dad. He wants to go between us. He wants to, you know, he coughs and stuff. He's small. And so James ended up getting COVID. So we were just like this rolling COVID timeline in the household. And I was really excited to do work. I was really excited to be able to leave Marcus with my mum. So she got to spend time with him. I got to kind of devote myself to work. And so did James. We both really love our work. Um, and it just didn't happen. And then when we got back, um, I also had more work, um, two days of meetings, like, yeah, actually quite big, important meetings over Zoom. And I had to cancel the babysitter because we had COVID. By that point, James was on like day two or day three. So he is trying his best to look after Marcus while he's like quite unwell while I'm on Zoom. And it was just a bit hectic. Um, again, I really wanted to dedicate my full attention to these meetings. I had booked the babysitter and just ended up, yeah, wrangling Marcus for a bit of it, just calming him, trying to do the thing. James had to rest. I was also getting over COVID. It was just all, it was just a bit, it was a lot. Um, And also, you know, at the moment I'm looking at some work um, that's kind of a potential option. And I mean, there's all different types of work in the industry where, you you know, you can do the one-off corporate gig that boosts your, your bank account for a few, you know, for a bit. And you can do the smaller kind of other jobs that you do for other reasons. Um, so there's a matrix of the the scheme of work, right? Like we don't just get a set salary. I don't get a set salary every week. It's all very dependent. Um, and I've just done the maths on this one particular job that if I decide to do it and with what I pay the babysitter, all up I will make just off this one particular job about $30. And that's the truth. But then there are other jobs, right, that will – also feed the bank in other ways. Um, and then that got me thinking about if a year ago, like one of the things that I would have, this time last year when my baby was days old still, if you had told me that a year on that I would still be breastfeeding, I would have laughed in your face. I just thought, no way no way am I going to still be breastfeeding because um, like many women, actually, <laughs> I found breastfeeding really difficult. And um, when I say I still am, it's because I, it shocks me. I don't necessarily like the word still. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that I still am. Because, yeah, I absolutely would have told you how I'm going to stop as soon as I can. Um, it was it was really difficult for me. I ended up having anastitis, the whole thing, uh, antibiotics. Um, and pretty much every week um, I would be over the sink trying a new hack. Me and these hacks, there are no hacks, Ellie. Get with it. Um you know, over the sink trying to unblock my duct and just it not working. And even the antibiotics cleared the infection, but not um, the the blockage. And this was ongoing for me. I, I couldn't 
put a seatbelt on even over my boob. Like it just wasn't happening. Um, so yeah, to actually still be breastfeeding a year later, I go, yeah, wow. I just wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed you a lot of things, but this particularly, um, cause I felt like I had lost control of my body. And especially as a dancer, I'd spent a lot of time attempting to control my body, um, physically, you know, doing it, doing what I wanted it to do. And this was the first time that I felt like I had no control over my body. And it was this thing that was meant to be so nourishing and beautiful was actually so painful to me. Um, and you know, funnily enough, you never know what the one takeaway that somebody hears when you're saying this, but the only thing that helped me was going to my pelvic health physio. And when I had my six-week checkup, she also said, if you ever get mastitis or even just the slight tinge of a blockage, we have something here that can help that. And that stuck in my mind. And that has been the only thing I think, like I kind of go that treatment um, has been the only thing that has been able to keep me breastfeeding. I think I've had three appointments with them. I just have a right boob that will get blocked up um, at the slightest thing, actually. And partly I'm like, am I afraid to wean? <laughs> because I, yeah, that's a whole other thing. And there have also been opening nights where I, you know, just haven't been able to feed Marcus um, before I've left the house and I'm sitting there as the show's going on and I'm like, I can feel it. I can feel my boob and I can feel a blockage and I don't have a pump with me. Um, and I'm going to try and unblock this, um, over the bathroom sink in the theater because that's what I have to do right now. Um, that's happened. It's so happened. And so I think, <laughs> I mean, again, not a regular this isn't a mum podcast, but um, it is at the same time. But that would be my biggest takeaway if you had told me a year ago that I would still be breastfeeding. And I don't like that word still because, yeah, I am breastfeeding and Marcus is one and that would shock me because I just was you anyone that spoke to me basically in the first few weeks, first few months even, would have heard my spiel about how I just can't wait to stop. Um. And actually, I don't even think, I just think that I'm at a point where I don't hate breastfeeding enough to stop as well. Like, yeah, I think this will be one of my big achievements actually in my life um, and raising Marcus, yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really shocked that I'm, I'm still doing it. Of course, no shade to formula. I you know, at many times of this past year, I wish Marcus took formula. He has taken formula. Um, he had to go back to hospital when he was really little for jaundice and be in the machine and do the thing. And they um, had to give him formula. I have no problem with formula. I'm a formula fed baby. My mum loves to tell me how I'm a formula fed baby. My gosh, doesn't she love to tell me? That was an interesting moment, actually. When we traveled recently, um, together because classic, I'd been using, you know, a silicon, I'm just going to say what it is, the silicon hucker, um, pump thing for months and months and months. 
and to go traveling, I had just decided um, that I would be away from him because I'd be working. So I'll take my electric pump. And so I fished out my electric pump for the first time in months out of the top drawer. We, we get, we travel, we get there. And on Sunday night, I go to pump for the first time. And I'm, so there's, we, we've got something and I was going to pump again in the morning and my pump doesn't work. And I hadn't brought my silicon pump and we were on the back foot. And of course, you know, mum's like, well, there's formula. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but the formula roulette is also one right now that I can't, I like, I have to start work tomorrow. I'm going to work. This isn't a 7 p.m. Sunday thing right now. <laughs> and then of course, Monday morning, I was before work rushing around to try and fix the pump. Also purchase another silicon pump just in case. And then of course, just couldn't really yield anything after all of that running around, um, which, you know, of course then mum talks about the F word and formula. And I'm like, that would also just be as stressful to trying to give my kid formula for the first time in many, many months um, here and now. So it was just this really interesting thing. Um, And I guess coming back to this job that I'm thinking about, you know, you work in different pockets and then it kind of hopefully balances out overall. And I'm like, yeah, however the milk gets in the the freezer in that bank, whether it's from a manual pump, whether it's from my electric pump, whatever it is, um, it gets there and it evens out somehow. They just happen. It just, you know, whether I get a 10 mil, whether I get a 45 mil, it's, like a mill, I don't mean millions of dollars, P.S. I mean milliliters. <laughs> I mean 10 milliliters of milk. Um, you know what? Both just, it all just goes to Marcus anyway at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, that's maybe my biggest takeaway from having a one-year-old um, or just my own personal little pat on my back. I think I just didn't think I'd still be doing it. But yeah, as always, I'm just so thankful that this podcast reaches people. I really, I I actually was like, are we all just thinking about this and not talking about it? Probably because I, yeah, I just think we should. And I really hope that it continues to just make you feel seen um, and like you're not the only person doing this or feeling like this. Um, conversely, that, yeah, you know, I yeah, as always, I'm just so thankful that you're listening to this. I really, really am and um, I want to keep doing this for as long as it sparks my interest as long as there's that curiosity and I am very curious about it. Um, And when I was kind of hesitant to start this, one of my friends said, you know, even if nobody listens, just do it. You know, you have to do it for you. And I really am shocked when people listen. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I forget that people are going to hear me 
talking about this. But yeah, I hope in a year's time that I'm able to say that I continued mothering in a way that I wanted to mother and to do that unashamedly and to do what works well for our family. And, you know, it's he's so beautiful. I love oh, here. I, I'm going to get emotional again. I always get emotional in these solo episodes, but I look at him and it's truly a marvel. Like it, he, Marcus, you absolutely marvel me every day. And again, if I listen back to this in 45 years, Marcus, you love dancing. That blows my mind. I put music on and you really like you actually feel this compulsion in your body to dance. And I, I, I am speechless by that. I really am. You just hear these things and you feel this desire, like there's nothing holding you back from moving your body and you have this desire to respond to it. And I just, that sends me into all kinds of shock and awe and amazement. Is that a word? I'm not sure. Like in this amazing spiral of pride and um, just everything. And I hope that's something, I hope that's something that we get to hold on to together, a real desire to move our bodies. Love you, buddy. <laughs>